through us when we come to him humbly before him, wanting him to work through our life and in our life, then we can start eliminating those things and pursue those things that he's told us to and that we need to in our life. Amen? Amen. Let's receive our offering just now. Amen. Amen. We're not a, by no means, and everybody that knows that, everybody that comes here knows that we're not a church that just harps on giving by by any means. Now, now we'll take up a donation. We will do that. But, but no, we're not, we're not going to preach on, you better give this amount and this amount. We're not taking your W-2s and making sure that you're giving a certain amount. I know there's some places out there that I've heard do that. We're not doing that, I promise. And not ever going to do that. What you give is between you and God. How you give between you and God. But also how you get blessed is between you and God. And it's not just money. It's time and effort and all other things. But, but we know it takes money in this physical world we live in to run and keep the lights on. But God's been faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful. And he's going to use his people to bring forth blessings to bless others. And so that's what we're doing. We're not giving to me. We're not giving to anybody else. We're giving to God this morning. Amen. So let's pray this morning. Father, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you that we come with a pure heart and pure motives this morning. God, we thank you for our time of worship this morning that we had, God, that, you know, we sing about those things that you've done for us, God, that we, you know, and remember, God, that you on that old rugged cross died for our sins, Father, and we can come to you because of that and, and Father, just repent and, and, and draw close to you and, God, that you're you're just blessing us each day because you said we're the head and not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. And we thank you for that, Father. God, we just, God, we pray for Mr. Lane this morning. God, that you just comfort her and her family this morning. God, with a loss. And, and Father, you just, you just bring peace to them right now, knowing that she's rejoicing with you in heaven, Father. And, and we'll be there with her one day to rejoice also. We thank you for that. God, we just bring our tithes and offerings to you this morning, these things that you've told us to do. And, and, Father, we just bring these things into your storehouse, and we thank you that you bless each and every one that gives this morning. And, Father, you bring, you bring that abundance to them. We just love you and praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good God Almighty. If you've never heard that song, that's David Crowder Band. It's really good. I like it. You can turn that up in the car and jam to it, and can't nobody say nothing to you about it. Ain't got no filthy words coming out. Nothing. Nothing. So, and I've been guilty of that. Um, but this morning, I'd ask Pat to preach this morning, bring us a word. Um, and, and so, I know that God's got a special word this morning. He's done talked to me some about it, and you know, I hope and pray that your toes get stepped on. If y'all need to sit closer to the back, then do it now. But he'll probably step on them back there. And next Sunday, maybe you will steal toe boots and it won't hurt as bad. That or get your life right where it needs to be and it won't hurt as bad. So come on, brother.
I don't care. I'm not real sensitive, and um, I don't think God's people is real sensitive either. Um, I think we we know what the task at hand is, and we know what we're supposed to do, and uh, sometimes we need to be uh, reminded of it. So if you notice, uh, you know, the title, it says, What Influences Us? doesn't say what could. doesn't say uh, maybe uh, what should, shouldn't, but it, what what influences us. Um, and I'm not talking to the world. I'm not talking to any other group than this group. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to Christians. Uh, that's, that's what's before us. That's where we're at. Um, you know, we, we can all see what's going on around us. We can see how the church has changed, um, what it's evolved into, what it's evolved from. And, you know, sometimes change is good, but, you know, you cannot stand back and look at everything as a whole and say that we're still following the Bible like we started out. So all these things that are influencing us, um, there's some, some truths in it. Uh, there's some underlying statements. There's some underlying things that, that look good at, you know, 100,000 foot. But when you start looking at it and you start going back to the only truth we have in our lives that's unfallible, unchangeable, and constant is the Bible. So that's where everything is supposed to start. That's where it started. Uh, but slowly but surely, we've, we've started inching away. Uh, you know, I've experienced in my life, I experience the challenges every day. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I have to back up and say, well, you know, this is what the Bible says. And sometimes that doesn't go along with what I feel. Right? I mean, sometimes, you know, I feel like doing other things. And sometimes I make mistakes and I do other things. But where do we always turn back to? It's the Bible. We cannot rewrite it. We can't change it. We can't live on that, that, that area that, that it's just about how we interpret it. The Bible's black and white. It's only interpreted one way. Now, we can convince and we can let the world with all the smart folks we got going on in so many different directions. I mean, and they do. They make a great argument. If you're sitting around the campfire drinking beer, smoking pot, doing whatever... They make a very philosophical argument. But at the end of the day, this is where we're at. Right? right. And before somebody says, well, you know, uh, out there watching, well, you know, what does he know? That's just another preacher. Um, you know, what does he know? What does he know about life? I lived on the other side of those tracks. So I know where I came from. I know what God has delivered me from. I know where God has delivered me. I know the end result of this. I know what the finish line looks like for me. And I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I am highly favored and highly blessed from where God has delivered me from. So don't get caught up in in what the world would have you think. You know, we talk about a lot of things sometimes. Well, you know, young folk, they'll just, uh, you know, that's just part of being young. That's just part of, uh, you know, where they're at and, uh, you know, they got to go through these things and and you've been hearing it forever and ever. But that's really what happens there is you never grow out of it. So I'm a short-time Christian as far as time that I've been serving the Lord. Um, you know, I haven't been saved but about 14 years now. And most of that time, God has been calling me to, to preach and to spread the Word. 
So what I can tell you and what I see every day, and I've managed, you know, hundreds of people, and I've been all over the United States and met all kinds of, of different kinds of people, different cultures. Uh, you know, I had not just lived here in Faultful and Lacon my whole life. So what I'll tell you to be the truth is that uh, what happens is if you don't change, if you don't grow out of it and grow into what God has for you, you'll never change. I mean, it don't matter if you're 19 or 60. I mean, it doesn't matter. What we're going to talk about today is uh, some of the stuff that influences. You have to understand, uh, you know, what groups we have out there today. You know, pretty much how everything is split up. So we'll start off with the first one, the baby boomers. So who knows uh, who the baby boomers are? Sometimes I feel like I'm a baby boomer. You know, all the living I've done inside, uh, sometimes my inside tells me that, but I'm not. So, yeah, your baby boomers are uh, basically anybody born 1946 to uh, 1964. And these percentages are, are, you need to understand these. I'm not big on percentages, but, you know, if you back up and take a step at what, what direction the world's headed in and what direction they're carrying us in, you know, it'll start to make sense. Now, granted, I'm going to go ahead and say that I thank God for the baby boomers. Right? Now, I know a lot of us young folk, which I'm still young, we don't look at it that way. We look at this new world and this new direction we're going. But thank God there's some baby boomers that's had the, the heart, the guts, the desire, the determination, and been willing to do what God would have them do to help keep us on the paths away from what we're going now. Um, so next in line would be, uh, does anybody know what next in line would be? So next in line would be Gen X. Does anybody know what Gen X is? What age group that is? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we strong. We, we got it. So Gen X is going to be uh, basically from 1965 to 1979. And so they're about the same percentage-wise as the baby boomers. And, you know, that's good to some degree. Uh, a little bit less. So what's the next one? The next is going to be uh, the millennials. So millennials are from 1981 to 1994. So how many millennials we got up in here? Come on. Don't be shy. What y'all going to find out is there's not a whole lot of difference. Not a whole lot of difference. Uh, and then last but not least, Gen Z. <laughs> That sounds cool, don't it? Yeah. So Gen Z is 1997 to 2012. So how many of those we got in here? Yeah, that's right. That's right, Krusty. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, smile. So let me tell you, most of what's happening in the world today is, is, is driven by those last three. Um. You know, at some point in time, somebody decided that we would change the way folks being raised. That my daddy didn't do good enough. I can only imagine where I would be if my daddy and my mother hadn't did what they did. I mean, I can tell you where I'd be. One of two places. I'd be in the ground or I'd be in prison. 
And there's a lot of us that can say that. But even though there's a lot of us that can say that, there's still a huge percentage of us that says we can do better than what our parents did. And sure, I mean, you can always do better. But some of the directions we're going is not that better. I mean, is, is crime decreased? No. Has drugs decreased? Is all the social uh, dysfunctionalness, has it, has it got better? No, it hasn't. So what we are finding is about 80% of the nation falls in those, those last three categories. So the baby boomers only make up 20%. So, I mean, you can't deny and look away from what the world's going and what direction it's going in. And a lot of people say, well, you know, you can't, can't bring politics in the pulpit. You can't take the pulpit into politics. And, well, you know, now they're taking the pulpit into politics. I mean, every commercial you see on TV, I mean, they're boasting about what they're talking about with God. And, and that's great. I'm, I'm glad of that, but... Which God are they talking about? Is it this new age version of Christianity that we're all serving? You know, with the big screens and the big buildings and anything goes. We just want them all in the building, but anything goes. We don't want to teach them nothing. We don't want to teach them the truth. We want to put but ifs and and does and whys. But it's a different time now. But yes, it is. It's a different time. But the truth has never changed. We don't have to dress it up. We don't have to put paint on it. We don't have to put lipstick on it. We don't have to put bows on it. The truth is still the truth. At some point, we decided, well, you know what? I'm trying to find, you know, my generation. I'm trying to find a place to carry my kids. Okay, well, that's good. Why are you trying to find a place to, to carry your kids? Well, so they can have fun. So that's how we choose a church today. We don't pray about it. We don't, we don't accept the fact that we want to be challenged. I've argued many times. They said, well, you know, we go to this church because they've got all these programs. I said, well, what do you do in the church? Well, you know, I just go. Well, can you not get involved? But is it all about the party? Everything's about the party. Everything's about the commercialization. Everything's about the money. Everything's about all of these things. We're headed in the wrong direction. So one of the first groups uh, you will know, we'll talk a little bit about is uh, the new spirituality uh, version. So most of the most of this is made up by you know all four of the groups. So we're we're split up between all of it. And so basically, uh, their big thing is they have connections with religions. They like the attributes of religion. You know the the feel good stuff, right? Um, but they're totally put off by what we're doing here. So we don't believe that we have to come together. We don't believe we have to gather. There's too many rules. You know, we, we, we can do all of this stuff at the lake, at home, or at the ball field, or in the gyms, or wherever it is. I mean, drive down the street on a Sunday morning and look what everybody's doing. And you say, well, that's judging. No, that's not judging. That's paying attention to what's going on around you. I mean, this is where we are commanded to be, to gather in His name. This is what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, we've done such a fine job. I mean, when I grew up, we never missed church. 
right? Now we find out reasons why we can miss church. Have you ever wondered how, and I never noticed it until I got involved and I started doing it, and I've tried to do as good a job as I could do to make and have my family here. And guess what? Sometimes it, it's been made to have here, right? I mean, my kids will tell you. My wife will tell you. I hadn't woke up on Sunday morning, a lot of mornings, and been going, oh, boy, I get to go to church. You know, geeked up and ready to go. Sometimes it's been her encouraging me to go. And a lot of times it's been us encouraging our kids to go. So, again, we're, we're big on all the feel-goody stuff. Um, you know, we're good on, uh, uh, you know, well, only good happens to good people and bad happens to bad people and, you know, there's nothing happens in between and it's only good and it's only bad. And, and there is some truth in that, but guess what? I'm doing the best that I can do to live the life that God would have me live, to, to spread the message that I can live. But guess what? There's bad things still happen. I mean, it does. It happens in my life. It happens in the lives around me. I mean, we're impacted by, by whatever path we're on, by whatever kind of people that we're impacted by. But what we have to understand is, is our goal is to, to be more of an influence in their lives than they are in our lives. But what's happened is, is now all of this is spilling over into the church today. We've changed the rules. We don't hold people accountable. We don't step on nobody's toes. We ask no questions. We get no answers. We just go through life, and our church is as numb as the society we live in. Right? I mean, it is. I mean, heaven forbid us to get up and clap our hands and say, well, guess what? There's two abortion clinics in the state of Alabama that has nobody to operate them. So they can't find no doctors to operate them. Right? That is an amen. I mean, God save a doctor that would do that. But we can't talk about that. That hurts people's feelings. Well, what, what, what are they supposed to do? Find something else to do. That's what they're supposed to do. I mean, murder is murder. I mean, and that's really what life is all about. It's black and it's white. Drugs are not good. Yeah, and for everybody watching, I've done bunches of them. I've done truckloads of them. They're no good. You can legalize all that you want, and here's what's going to happen. The more we legalize, the more they get legalized, right? Right? So... Ah, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, there's some uses that marijuana has, right? And I, I believe that. But it has no use being sold in a convenience store. It has no use being used by a 17, 18, 19, 20, 30-year-old. It don't. And I'm going to tell you, I've been on the other side. It's not necessarily a gateway either. But at 18 or 19, it's a highway. Right? I mean, how many of us uh, dabbled on the other side of those streets when we were about 14 or 15? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it's not legal. It's a reason. So again, we believe in, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff. We just don't believe in, in, in the gathering. And it believes that we, we receive only good. So if all I do is good in my life, but it's measured by a different standard than the Bible. And that's what you're going to find with all these. It's all measured by some other standard. 
The only standard in our life is the Bible. I mean, you want to know why God don't speak to you? Because you don't read His Word. I mean, it's impossible. You want to know why people change in church? Because they're playing church. Because the church ain't holding them accountable. We're scared to say anything to anybody because we don't want to offend them. We don't want to offend them because we don't want their money coming. Right? Well, guess what? If God's great enough, awesome enough, powerful enough to do all that we see, then surely He can take care of this little bitty old building. Right? I mean, where's our faith working? Our next one is secularism. Yeah. My, my isms is getting mixed up. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, if I say it again, I'm going to spell it. <laughs> it starts with an S and it ends with an M. Come on. Uh, so it's a belief that everything has to be pro- uh, proven by science to make it so. Right? And, you know, there's a lot of folks, and they've been debating this for you know, hundreds of years, and, and, you know, the Bible's pretty much the Bible, so it don't really matter what, I mean, it's already been proven. I mean, science is matched up with the Bible and, and so on. Now, there's still a bunch of left-wing, center-wing, I mean, maybe even some right-wing that, that argue that. But at the end of the day, the Bible's still the only truth we have. Whether I can get it matching up to carbon date and a chicken bone that's been buried in my backyard for, you know, six months and Somebody test it and it's 100 billion years old. I mean, again, most of these processes we're using to prove out is processes that we make. Again, no matter. Whatever date you want to put on it, whatever date you don't want to put on it, at the end of the day, this is still the only truth. God is God. I mean, we have to understand that. God is God and He's a sovereign God. And He is a jealous God. He's also a loving God. But he's also a jealous guy. For us to think we can continue to walk against him and be untouched and unpunished is, is again, another thing we need to think about. So, really, uh, uh, the only way a person's life is valuable is if only if society sees it valuable, sees it to be valuable. Uh, meaning and purpose uh, in, a, in, in our lives is governed by what people think. It's governed by what we do, how much we have. Revelations uh, 19, 15 through 17. It says, So now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself trends, treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. 16 says, And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. The beast and his armies are defeated. Uh, then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God. So again, King of Kings. It don't matter what you think, what you don't think. Again, where we call that, as the old preacher used to tell me, is uh, um, that's what we call stinky or stinking thinking, right? Stinky thinking. That sounds better. That's a new age version. Stinky thinking. But no, stinking thinking. I mean, it's it's 
No matter what we come up with, no matter what we identify, no matter whether we agree with it or not, we can see it creeping in to our church today. We can see it creeping in to Christianity today. The next one is uh, postmodernism. So this one actually takes up more area of the church today than anything. Um, and I urge you to go home. I urge you to, to spend time this week. I, I urge you to, to look at some of this stuff and come up with the conclusions yourself. Come up with the conclusions based off what the Bible says. So half of the folks that, that, are, that are claiming to be Christian today belong in this one movement. And it's real silver. It's, it, it's got a lot of attributes from a lot of different areas put together. Said it can uh, only be explained with scientific method that there's uh, such thing. There's no such thing as ob- objectivity, meaning we are limited by our experience, and the best that we can know is is only going to be true to ourselves. So our experiences mean what's true to us. So where we get the truth is by what I do. Thank God that's not where we get the truth by what I do. Thank God we're not making policies. And rules, and, and which we are as a, as a country, but now that's spilling over into church. But, but thank God we're not modeling after my life, right? Yeah. I mean, where does the truth come from? I mean, I want you to think about and, and really think about this. So we're changing the structure of a church. We're changing the governed bodies of the church. We're changing who is over the churches. We're changing who is who is presiding who is teaching we're doing all these things in the name of love and 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 mercy and grace and all these things but again it goes against everything the bible says but we're filling these sun guns up i mean they're growing at rapid rates and you know what they're doing probably some great things they're helping some people in some different avenues but at the end of the day is it not just false teaching I mean, is it? I mean, that's that's where we got to get at. So again, um, it's based off our experiences is on where we can get truth. So causes confusion and divisions among Christians, and we do. We spend a lot of time fighting about it. You know, the Baptist, the Methodist, Church of Christ, Church of God, Holiness. I mean, non-denominational, denominational Catholics. I mean, we all spend time fighting over who's going to be the ones in heaven. I mean, it's, it's amazing that, that, that we hadn't caught on that the devil's pretty smart. I mean, all he's got to do is keep us fighting and arguing over stupid stuff. And meanwhile, these cats are taking over the country we live in. I mean, because where does this lead? Oh, at least the next one. It leads to Marxism. Oh, you go, what is that? Well, it's like socialism, communism. I mean, it's great. I mean, everybody gets a trophy. Right? And I hate to coin this term, but, you know, we always, it's always been said, soccer moms. Well, for all of you that are offended by soccer moms, guess what? Now they've been replaced in this day and time by soccer dads. And it's not to take away from soccer, because I don't have anything against soccer whatsoever. But it's just the phrase. So now we got men that are moms and moms that are dads and you know, it's just how we can relate and how we identify. 
<clears throat> it says, so our moral wrong and right depends on individual beliefs. Again, thank God we're not judging by, by wrongs and rights. Amen. I mean, think about what our country was founded on. Everything we have started with here. Now everything we're going toward is pulling away from here. How do you know wrong from right? God told you what's wrong. And God tells you what's right. It's wrote down, and it is black and white. It's in the form of Ten Commandments. It's in the form of the New Testament. There's nothing not obtainable. There's nothing greater in this earth than God. I mean, He is the beginning. He is the end. And I'm hoping that more people will realize that before we get to the end. Because it's too late then. It's too late. John 8, 31, 36. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want you to think about that for a second. Does this country look free? I mean, every time you turn on the TV, all the different shows and the different things that comes on, I mean, do we really look free? I mean, from a Christian standpoint, that'd be five dollars. Um, I'm just playing. So, do we really look free? Are we really free? Some of us know that that serving God and accepting God to lead our our chaotic life, we understand what freedom looks like. And it's not how big our bank account is. It's not how much stuff we got, but it's what peace we have here. That's freedom. I mean, you can see it in your eyes. I mean, look, I'm telling you right now, when, when, when all the chips are stacked against me, when you look me in the eyes, you don't see freedom. But I know where to get it. I know where to go to. And thank God I have a family that kind of pushes me in that direction. Thank God my family has somebody that's going to always push them in that direction. And praise God that we all don't end up with the stack with the chip stacked against us at the same time, right? But that's what we're supposed to be here for too as well. We're supposed to help. We're supposed to encourage. We're supposed to edify. And it shall make you free. Thirty three. They answered him, and we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Again, which you know, that's where we that's where we live today. I ain't been no slave to nobody. Man, we're a slave to so many things. Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. That, that word, sin, right there, ought to be as big as this building. Man, there are so many avenues that we hide behind and we go, well, you know, it makes me feel good. It, you know, it, it helps me do this. It helps me do that. And I'm not talking about just personal I mean, I'm talking about socially. I'm talking about what we do for a living. Uh, buying into, well, I've got to do, you know, whatever makes me feel good. And, you know, it's got to be happy. And, and you know, I love this kind of work. And, and I guess what, 30 years from now, if you ain't working for God, man, you're going to be backing up. I don't dread getting up going to work. Is this what I thought 30 years ago when I got out of high school that I'd be doing? No. I mean, to be honest, I never thought I would live past 25. 
And probably most of my family and friends never thought I'd live past 25. So I'm telling you, if you will make God first in your life, then I don't care what it is, man. Picking up trash, digging a ditch, driving a dump truck, driving a garbage truck. Do it and do it for God, and it's always going to make you happy. All this stuff that everybody's got to be doctors and lawyers and senators and presidents and this and that and engineers, and I'm glad that everybody does that. I'm glad that we can still do it. I'm glad that somebody wants to do it. I'm glad we got teachers. I'm glad we got all these things. But if you're making your decisions based off this, and this right here don't know what God has for you, then you're backing up. You'll end up in the same places I ended up in. I mean, one thing the devil don't do, he does not discriminate. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son, I want you to understand, just think about this. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Now, this is one for you all to think about the rest of the week. 36. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So I want you to think about it. You think about it. Think about it in here. Think about it in here. These two need to start lining up. We need to start realizing that the only truth we have is, again, in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11, 14. Say, I love this one. So it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Again, with all your heart. 14 says, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. Again, I want you to understand, some of the things that that God does is, is, I mean... Everything he does is on purpose. There's a reason. He's not he's not humanized like we try to make him. I mean, everything he does is about a purpose. It says the Lord, I will bring you to a place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. So no matter where we end up, God's there. He knows the plans. But what have we done? We've, we've kind of flipped the script. And, you know, the last one we'll talk about, Briefly, is Marxism. So Marxism is just an extension of socialism, communism. I mean, there are some differences, but at the end of the day, it's um, generalizes that that whatever I do and whatever I work for, y'all all get. I mean, that's great if you're the one sitting there in the pew and not wanting to do nothing. It's not so great for me. I'll give you everything I have. I don't care. Right? But I'm not going to be told by this crazy stuff that we got going on that I'm going to do it. Again, all these things have, have contributed and come in to the church today. And none of it has any place in it. But what does have a lot of place is our world, there's a lot of avenues for our, our church to be involved in that. 
I mean, that was the values this country was formed on. I mean, I want you to think about all the things that are changing, all the things that are being voted on. Some of them are being killed in different parts of the nation. Some of them not so much. But I want you to think of all the things that are changing, all the things that I've got to put up with that doesn't go along with my God. Which my God is what? Our God is what? The only God. But again, we are being force-fed everything and anything. And you know, it ought to upset each and every one of us. I mean, 35% of my paycheck goes to fund most of this. And God says, look, it ought to make you mad. I mean, this is, this is directly going against him. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to roll over and we are going to continue to let our money fund all the things that are being funded? I mean, because now it's done sp- spilled over in the church. Again, this is not a message for the world. This is a message for, and, th- and these all come from people that proclaim to be Christian. Right? So this is, this is a message for the church. This is a message for the body of Christ, or the so-called body of Christ. I mean, what are, what are you know, we are known by our fruits, so what, what are we producing? What are we accepting? What are we having to give up? I mean, there's a lot of different avenues when people talk about, you know, taking a prayer out of school and, and all of these things. And, you know, there was kind of a little bit of uproar against it. And now, you know, I see in Jefferson County where you can't pray before a, a, a sporting event. And, of course, in, at some county, I mean, it'll be all over at some point. But I want you to go back to the beginning of why we made some concessions. We said, well, it's going to be student-led. Where was we at when we were a student? Come on. I mean, again, are we explaining why we do the things we do? Are we living why? Is why we're living, I mean, is it an example of what we're called to be? Are we teaching our kids really what to be, or are we teaching our kids how to compromise? I mean, think about it. Even good and bad, we're totally compromising on everything. I mean, are we not compromising? Are we not making deals with our kids? Well, if you'll just make good grades, or if you'll just do this, right? Is there a middle? Are, are, are we teaching our folks how to, to stand in the middle? Well, you know, if you just get involved with FCA or, or any of this at school, then, you know, we'll just look a blind eye. I mean, how many, how many of us think that in the church today, if you had to guess, what percentage would you think that, that we're messed up? Whether it's kids, adults. I mean, how many alcoholics do you think are in the church today? How many drug addicts do you think are in the church today? How many folks do you think involved in church today is involved in pornography? Right? I mean, how many people... Uh, uh, or cheating on their spouses? How many people are, are, you know, homosexual? How many people? I mean, the list just goes on and on, which leads us to the last point. I mean, we are called to be different. We've always been called to be different, and there's no better time now to be different. So the challenge with um, competing worldviews and the 
is that there are fragments of similarities to some Christian teaching. Some may recognize and latch on to these ideas and not realizing the distortions of the biblical truths. And you won't. If you don't read the Bible, you won't know how it distorts it. You'll have no idea. I mean, because if you paint it up, I mean, it sounds pretty good. I mean, you get around, you sit around, and you, you don't really know what the Bible says. I mean, it makes a you know, pretty good thing. I mean, there's a lot of things in this nation was great. When it started, it had great purposes, great ideas. I mean, look at it. So look at welfare. Great intentions. Boys blow it up now. EPA, great intention. But, I mean, there's companies folding every day because of it. And they do a lot of good. And, and there's a lot of things they do. But it's, it's, it's again, it's getting out of hand. Um, here's another good one. Uh, you've got Workers' Comp. You've got OSHA. I have to deal with OSHA in two different ways. So uh, there's a California version and then there's a national version. It's awesome. I'm telling you, it is so awesome. But again, all of these things start with great concepts, and we need some of this. But somewhere along the lines, we went asleep and we let somebody have it. We stopped holding people accountable. We're doing the same thing with our church. Somebody comes in, they talk sweet, and they're silver-tongued, and you know everything seems good, and then you wake up and we are where we're at. We have no authority. We hold no authority. We don't know where we stand. We don't know why we stand. We don't know what our purpose is. we got Christians walking around that don't know what their purpose in life is. They have no... They, they, they will tell you, I don't know what God wants me to do. Then you ain't read the Bible. Now, I can understand this. I don't know what all God wants me to do. Because there's there's... As big as the day is, there are so many things that he would, he would do and he would use you for. But again, you're not reading the Bible. If you say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. The question is, how much does he want me to do? How much am I going to do? I mean, that's, that's really the question. Ephesians 4, 20 and 24. And we'll end with this verse. It says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I mean, folks, that's where we're at. I mean, there's no way. I mean, I'll use my my life as an example. So, where I came from, um, you know, I lied, I cheated. Uh, never been a big stealer, uh, but I done everything else. I drank, I did drugs. Um, you know, had a lot of anger, had a lot of hate. So there's no way, as a Christian, that I could still be that way, right? It's the same thing. I mean, when we look at the church, when people look at the church, they can't see the world. I mean, we can't see the same dysfunction. We have issues in the church. We'll always have issues where you where you have people together. But it's how we deal with them. 
We don't accept it. We don't accept any of it. We encourage. We, we try to head off. I mean, there is so much going on in the church today that this gets overlooked. It doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get dealt with. I mean, when's the last time you think anybody was asked not to come to church for some of their behavior? When do you think the last time anybody was called out? I mean, if you go to work and you, and you do the wrong thing, you, you tear up stuff at work, you destroy equipment, you, you maybe even destroy lives, do they just pat you on the hand and say, see you tomorrow? Do you get a raise out of it? Again, we need to back up and we need to understand who we serve and why we serve. We need to understand that the God that, that created, that he created us in his image. I mean, when you look in the mirror, do you see God? Hey, I don't see him all the time. But sometimes I see a little bit. And hopefully sometimes people around me can see a little bit of God. But again, if we don't know the Bible, do we really know what we're seeing? I mean, do we know that, that it's wrong that, that, that we can you know, continue to kill babies at an alarming rate? Just because, you know, I, I don't feel like having a child? And we make all these concessions? I mean, that's just the beginning. I mean, think about what all has snowballed since then. Well, if we compromise and we let this in, then what else we got to let in? I mean, now we can identify with whatever. I mean, so I could be standing up here saying that I'm a black female, and y'all got to accept it. Do I look like a black female? And so nobody will say I'm racist. So I could stand up here and say I'm a, a, a Hispanic female, or I'm an Asian man. Do I look like any of those things? Well, can't none of you say that I'm not, because that's how I feel. I know this is not popular. It's not popular on social media platforms. And everybody is, and it is, it's kind of humorous, because we all have these similar ideas, and, and everybody's going, well, I wish I could say that. Well, say it. I mean, at what time are we going to stand up and say enough is enough? Not because it makes me mad, but because the God I serve says this. I mean, that was one of the easiest things for me to accept about serving God is I no longer have to be smart. I don't. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to be smart. I don't have to come up with some catchy phrase. I don't have to be cuter than my buddies. I don't have to get one up on them. All I have to say is the Bible says. And if you don't like it, have a Coke and a smile. The Bible says, the Bible says, it's not about what makes me feel good. It's not about what makes anybody feel good. But if you'll let God run your life, you'll let God direct your steps, I promise you, you'll spend less time in the ditch. Right? You will. You'll spend more time on the road. Now, the road's kind of wide, but you at least won't be in a ditch. And if you are in a ditch, just look beside you, because part of the time I may be there. And hopefully one of y'all will help bring me out of the ditch, right? I mean, that's one of the great things of living where we live and everybody knowing everybody is we should be able to call somebody 
and let them know. I said, one of the most disappointing things that's happened, you know, when Luke and Christian was in school is Luke uh, got involved in some stuff one time, and nobody told me. And so uh, I won't mention the names and exactly what happened, but I will say this, that there was two or three churches involved. And so none of these youth pastors called me that also knew that I was involved in the ministry. None of them called me. I get called from my football coach asking a bunch of questions, of course, and I dealt with the issue, and it ended up not being true, and, and there were some tests that was done and some discussion. But again, the greatest thing about being a Christian in the era that we live in, we all know each other. Or we know somebody that knows somebody. But not one time did a Christian man call me and say, Hey, I think we need to talk about what your son's doing. Therein lies the problem. Therein lies how we've let all these different groups and these different movements infiltrate what we call the body of Christ. That we don't want to hold each other accountable. I don't want nobody saying nothing to me, and I don't want to say nobody nothing to nobody else because, you know, I don't, I don't want them to say anything about what I do. We need to get back to being that open book. We need to get away from all the stigmas involved in, in everything and just live life as God would have us live, to live, to live life openly, to not have things in the closet. I mean, at any given time, and, and I said this when I preached uh, at another uh, location, they were talking about, you don't want me to give my testimony. I don't really feel like I need to give my testimony at this point. Now, if you want to know something about my testimony, then just feel free to call me and we can talk about it. But I want to talk more about what, what God would have us do, and what God has done, and not all I did against God. But I can tell you how to get to God. I can tell you how to be introduced to God. And that's what we need to be worried about. That's what we need to be focused on is me introducing somebody that can fix all your problems. So you be able to have a place to go that will answer all your questions. And if you need help, then God's put me here to help. But ultimately it's between you and God. And the key is his word. Stand with me. Cody, you got us some music picked out. I never want to have church um, without a time for you know for people to take a moment and do what's in their heart uh, and what God would have them do.